Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor. And I'm so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is all about what my dog taught me about aging in midlife. And you might hear in my voice, I'm snickering or rolling my eyes or crying. I'm not sure what it is, but I I can't even tell you how many times I tried to record this podcast today and my pets were going crazy. Um, Didi the Quaker parrot was noisy and I moved her to her perch and I moved her to a cage in another room. She wasn't having it. And Nico the Noof was complaining about his dinner. He didn't like what he was being served. And just now he's just been bugging me. I have these French doors that I close first that I didn't have. So first the French doors needed to be installed because of the podcast. <laughs> that was a couple of years ago. And and he was upset and he actually takes his giant paw and paws the door, which makes a lot of noise. And um, I'm always afraid he's actually going to damage the door. Uh, now, you know, I love my pets and loving my pets has been going on for decades. And if you've been listening for a while, you know how much I love dogs. And I've loved my dogs my whole life. From my first dogs before I was five, Charlie the Poodle and Cindy the Dachshund, Cindy named after Cindy and the Brady Bunch, of course, (laughs) to all of the St. Bernards growing up. That would be Mr. Jack, Heidi, Fluffy, Roxy, and Gambler, to the other breeds I had the pleasure of getting to know as well. A Bedlington Terrier, a Cocker Spaniel, Golden Retriever, Dandy Dinmont Terrier, Great Dane, and a Standard Poodle. Two, having 20 years of Golden Retriever love with Yofi and Jasper, with my own family, my husband and kids, and now for seven and a half years, we have the lovable, the messy, the slobbery, and the super sweet Nico the Newf, a Lancer, Newfoundland. I even studied the relationship between children and their pet dogs in grad school, and throughout my whole life, I've been super fascinated by interspecies communication. I just picked up a book a couple of weeks ago for summer reading about communication between whales and humans. I can't wait to dive in. Anyway, in this podcast, I've spoken many, many times about how I believe an empty nest dog can be a really, really beautiful thing. So I guess when you think about it, it's really no surprise that I continue to learn from and love dogs. And I bet you do too. And that's what today's episode is about. What my dog taught me about aging and midlife. And I know it's highly likely that you love dogs too. Even if you don't, I know you're going to get some interesting perspective today. But first, this episode is sponsored by my monthly midlife membership, the Finally First Club. What I know for sure is that you just might be feeling stuck or that you're running out of time. I also know that you're more sensitive to the passing of time these days and being stuck is a problem because you know you're wasting valuable time. I get it. I hear you. And I know this firsthand. That's how I felt when I was stuck and confused for five long years. 
For me, it was between 45 and 50. And this is why you really need to join the Finally First Club. If you don't change something, nothing will change. So if you really want to get unstuck and make sure that you go from thinking, "Ah, I wish I could, to "Ah, I am so glad I did, you got to do something now. Take the first step and join us. Finally First is your one-stop shop for life-changing coaching, community, and connection. You're not alone, and this is a great place to start. So head over to www.iamfinallyfirst.com and click join. I can't wait to welcome you and help you make sure that you regret-proof your life. All right, so let's dive in. Why do you think I learned something huge about aging from my dog, Nico the Noof? Just pause for a second and think about a dog that you love or have loved. If you never had a dog in your life, think about a dog in a movie that you loved or someone you know who loves a dog. And just sit with that in your mind for a minute. A special dog. A dog who's there for you, who loves you, who you love, who's so cute, who is so sweet, and who makes you laugh. A dog you have a long-term relationship with, one that you really, really care about. And then think about petting the dog or maybe patting the dog. We do a lot of pats. Or just sitting together or being curled up sleeping together. Do you recognize how you feel? How would you describe that? Would it be being at peace, love, empathy, affection, loyalty? friendship, maybe even unconditional love. There's something so special about this relationship. It is full of love. But you know what else it's full of? Acceptance and compassion. Now, by the way, (laughs) just in case you're wondering about me sleeping with 130-pound Nico the Noof, no, we don't do that. I don't want slobber and dog hair in my sheets. That's just gross. I grew up in a house where it was okay to have a St. Bernard in the bed on occasion. And then later on, a Great Dane on the couch. My husband and I drew that line early on with the Golden Retrievers. As cute as they are, we didn't want Nico on the furniture or in the bed either. I mean, that is just a lot of dog and a lot of hair. And we get down on the floor with him instead, right? (laughs) That's what we do. That's how we roll, and Nico loves it. But here's what really got me thinking about this topic. And this has come up in a few ways and more than a few times. Sometimes I walk down a flight of stairs or to be in a different part of the house. Like I would walk across the house or I'd walk down the flight of stairs, and there he is on his back, completely sprawled out and stretched out, kind of upside down. This is how my dog loves to be. He completely blocks doorways and often stretches out like this at the bottom of stairs to the second floor. So when you're coming down the stairs, you have to pretty much jump over him. He's always in the doorways too. So there's a dance of tiptoeing awkwardly around him and over him all the time. It happened tonight at dinner (laughs) because we don't want to wake the baby. Nobody should ever wake the baby. But one day recently, he was in this weird upside down stretched out pose. And one of my kids thought to get right down there on the floor and take a picture of his adorable upside down head, which looked hysterical from that perspective. His eyes, his teeth, and most of all, 
his floppy jowls. Yup, his floppy jowls. They were hilarious. They were literally flopped out. Now, I know he was upside down, lying on his back, and his jowls kind of fell away from his teeth and gums, and it just looked so funny to see all of his teeth and his goofiness like that. The perspective of getting down on the ground with him made all the difference to really see what was going on there. And then I noticed how much I love that part of his face. I mean, I love his whole self and his big giant head, but I really love petting the side of his nose going down to his jowls. It is just so soft, like his cheek, right? Like going down the side of his head and his head, like he's a Newfoundland. There's a big jowl. There's a big nose. (laughs) But I just love petting him like that. And he loves it too. You know, when he sits, he just looks so regal. And his face is just so soft. And then, you know, I could think about him all day and wonder where the time went. (laughs) Um, So I was thinking about all of this with the upside down jowls and floppiness and putting it all together that I really, really love petting the side of his face like that. I couldn't help but make a comparison. Not to other breeds, not to other animals, but to my own jowls. When I think about my own jowls, it's not with love or affection. It's not with much curiosity or unconditional love. What about you? Can you relate? Like, I don't think that way at all about my own face. And when you're all up close and personal with the tweezer and the whiskers and all that with your 10 times magnification mirror, it's pretty easy to see what's going on with your jowls. You know what's going on. And like I said, I don't feel the same way about my jowls as I do with my dog Nico's jowls. (laughs) With mine, it's something less than. It's something that gets worse. And perhaps for some, like it's something that needs to be fixed. Now, I'm afraid of surgery, so I rely on creams and potions and lotions. I mean, doing all of this pro-aging mindset work over the years and you know, I've been working on it. And I really do believe that aging is good. I'm much closer to acceptance than ever before. But I totally have to be supervising my mind to prevent myself from thinking that the change is less than ideal. I mean, it's become such a habit to think that any changes in our skin or our face or any part of our body, it's a habit to think that it's not the best, right? It's less than the best less than ideal. So you really have to be on your game not to think that way. So I'm better than I was before. But every once in a while, one of those thoughts pops in. So have you ever noticed what you think about your jowls? Have you noticed that? I guess the thing that surprised me about this observation was the drastic difference in thoughts and feelings between the jowls I was observing. And just say jowls. If you've never said that before, it's a fun word to say. Now, Don't get me wrong. I don't go around comparing myself to my dog on the regular. (laughs) But wow, I do love this loose, floppy part of his face. And I do not love the same part of mine. (laughs) Thank God mine doesn't flop out to the same degree as his. But I think you get my point. The jowls thing, however, isn't the only thing I learned from my dog. The second thing is probably not that surprising. In fact, it might even feel 
like it's an obvious thing. And it's unconditional love. Now, unconditional love with a dog, that comes up. It's kind of obvious. I mean, really, the way that you feel for your pet when it comes to love like that, it is pretty intense. And like I said, it's kind of obvious. It's something we're expected to feel around a relationship with a dog. But it's, it's so common. It's so deep. It's so meaningful. It's so certain. And you really feel it, and you probably aren't even that surprised that you feel it. You don't fight it. Instead, you count on it. You rely on it. It brings great value to your life, right? You may not have a lot of experience with the feeling of unconditional love anyway, right? But when it comes to your dog, it's a pretty common shared experience. Now, there's another big lesson I wanted to talk to you about. It's the lesson of acceptance of aging. Think about it. There's really no weird age and culture-related negativity around a senior dog. Certainly nothing like the weird age and culture-related negativity that exists around human aging, especially for women. When it comes to an aging dog, they might look a little different. They might not be quite as energetic. They might need a bit more from you on occasion, maybe a special diet or a special shampoo. But really, there aren't hang-ups around your dog getting older in terms of their actual age. Like what a particular age means in the same way that there is for people. There's respect and appreciation that you and your dog have for each other. And there's also some compassion about age-related changes. The only time it gets a little weird is when you start freaking out a bit that you likely have less time left together in the future than you've had already. You know, when you start to focus in on the typical lifespan of your breed or type of dog, like a small dog or a large dog. And that's where there's a big similarity. Even the most amazing woman in the middle has been known to have a little freak out here or there about the realization of time passing by and being at a certain age or stage of life, that perhaps there's less time in front of you than behind you. There's this typical similarity of sensitivity to time and time running out, running out for you, running out for the amount of time that you have with your amazing pet. And that's when it's important to live in the present moment. When you're thinking about what might happen in the future, you're basically not in the present moment. It's not a great way to live and to focus your energy. It creates all kinds of negative emotions in advance. Remember, because your emotions flow from the way you're thinking, when you start thinking about how you'll feel when you don't have your dog anymore, you start to really feel all of that sad negative emotion in advance. It's all related. Instead of being really present with the time that you have, you're focused more on the time that you don't have. So there you have it. Some midlife lessons about aging from my dog. Number one, my dog's jowls are hilarious and my jowls are not. <laughs> Number two, it's common to have more compassion and love for your dog's advancing age than you have for your own. Number three, 
The skill of being in the present moment absolutely helps you enjoy your relationship together more. When you supervise your mind, it's easier to focus on the time that you do have together. And number four, it's important to notice and connect with the feeling of unconditional love for your dog and learn from it so you notice that emotion, what it really feels like, and you can create the feeling more in your life. So I guess the bottom line is dogs are great and enhance our lives in so many ways, even to help us appreciate our changing jowls. (laughs) I'd love to end this episode with a quote from one of my favorite dogs of all time, Well, not Snoopy himself, but his creator, Charles M. Schultz. All his life, he tried to be a good person. Many times, however, he failed. For after all, he was only human. He wasn't a dog. (laughs) There you have it. I hope everyone has the opportunity to love and be loved by a dog. Okay, that's it for this episode. I know this episode was a little different. It was one of those observational ones where I noticed something that might be a little bit odd, but it brings me humor and it brings me insight. And I can't wait to share it with you too, because one thing I've learned is that I'm not alone. (laughs) And I know I'm not the only one that really, really loves and appreciates my dog's beautiful face. All right, as you know, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck about all kinds of stuff, aging, empty nest, relationships, your career, and even about learning how to finally put yourself first. It really is time to get excited about your life again, because being the queen of your brain domain, it's the best way to be, and I am here to help. This is what you'll learn when you hire me as your coach. Learning the mindfulness concepts are one thing, but when it comes to applying the concepts, that's when you really benefit from coaching. I can help you grow faster with private coaching. You'll see the connections and insights, everything just way more clearly. So head over to www.talktosusie.com, check out the options and apply there. For show notes and links, head over to www.coachwithsusie.com. And to get a copy of my new book, 50 Ways to Celebrate Life After 50, check out Amazon or your favorite online bookseller or go to www.50waystocelebrate.com. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought at a time. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.